Hello, and welcome back to the Women S Podcast. I'm your host, Genevieve, and I am just buzzing with energy. I feel I had to sit in like my space for a moment and have a moment where I'm like, I'm so fortunate that I get to do this. I absolutely love the guests that we get to interview, and it has been a packed week with interviews. I just got done doing the follow-up conversation for Living in the And with Amber. And what I love is that she does such a great job of going off of our conversation with Lauren, where we talk about what that looks like to live in the And, and she actually takes it. So Amber, if you're not familiar with, she is a member of our board and she is a board certified behavior analyst. So she actually got her master's in this. And so she breaks this down and talks specifically about what is going on neurologically in our brains. Like how do we actually start to create this, this habit of utilizing the word and one thing that we talk about in our conversation is it's kind of like when you set a goal, you can set a goal and be so adamant about it, but it's actually talking about like, how do you make that goal come into fruition? And Amber's just a delightful human and I love our conversations together. And I really hope that when you listen to this, you have a better understanding of how the brain works when creating new habit structures. Uh, why also, if you're, you know, if you took the challenge of utilizing this word and in your conversations or utilizing the word and when you are trying to describe your multitude of emotions and you're like, this is hard, Genevieve. Yes, it is hard. And she explains exactly why it's hard. So she'll talk about that. She'll also look through the lens of biology and she'll give you actionable ways to start to incorporate this. Um, and I think that you can actually apply these to other habits you might be trying to work on in your life. You can meet Amber. <laughs> I, I just made it sound like, I don't know, Amber is a celebrity, okay? But you can meet Amber at Cycle Bar on Saturday, July 9th. So when this podcast comes out in just a few days, uh, you we will have a pop-up shop at Cycle Bar Village Meridian. We invite you, come ride with us if you can. I'll be teaching my birthday ride conveniently and coincidentally at 8 a.m. that morning. And then we'll also have rides at 9.45 and or 9.45, 9.30, and 10.45. So we would love to have you come ride or just come by the village, say hi, check out our team at Cycle Bar, check out our team with Womaness. These are two of my biggest communities and I'm grateful to get to have them together. In addition to that, we will have our Womaness in the Wilderness on Saturday, July 15th, I will be teaching yoga at Marianne Williams Park along with Lauren Lee, who will be leading a meditation. Oh, that's actually the day before my birthday. And so I'm so grateful that I get to just share this space with my favorite humans doing one of my favorite things. I hope you can be a part of it. If you can't catch that one, we will also have our Womenists in the Wilderness on in August, on August 12th, this one will be a stand-up paddleboard meditation with Lauren Lee. And we will have additional notes in our sign-up on how you can get those rentals if you need to rent a stand-up paddleboard. Uh, part of being a nonprofit is that we have the opportunity to offer discounts in the community with different partnerships. So if you don't have your own stand-up paddleboard, we got you covered. All right. Well, I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Amber on more actionable ways to live in the end. One, two, three, four. 
Hey, Womeness, and welcome. I'm Genevieve Nutting, the founder of Womeness Community and host of the Womeness Podcast. And I'm so pumped you're here. My team and I have created this space for Womeness like you to feel seen, heard, and empowered. Each week, we'll launch a fresh episode with resources, stories from Womeness, and tools related to mindfulness, movement, and community. More than just a podcast, this is your weekly source of energy and connection with the many inspiring and relatable voices of Womeness. In a world where we are constantly on the go, let this be your landing space where we can slow down and come together. This is the Womeness Podcast. Okay. Hi, Amber. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good. Yes. And a half year old had her teeth in my head today. That's why I have my incredible womenist hat on today. Wait, her teeth in your head. Yeah. We were doing the airplane this morning. Oh my God. And she landed on my head with her teeth. So I have a nice like little bandaid. Oh, your head bleeds a lot, but it's okay. We got the best womenist hat for it. Oh my gosh. I came home the other day and Luke said, we were just talking and in the middle of my conversation, he interrupted me and he never does that. We're very like respectful of letting the other person finish each other's sentence. He goes, okay, wait, we just need to stop for a second. And I need to address Theo's face. And I'm looking at Theo and I'm like, he looks fine to me. And he goes, Sim or Seuss, Seuss and him had a little tiff. And I guess Seuss kind of nipped at him a little bit. And it was like the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest mark on his head. Like you couldn't even see, but also you could tell like, okay. So now he has like this little tiny mark, but does that put fear in him? No, that child is so resilient. He was climbing up the stairs the other day, slid down some of them, like had a moment where he was upset and then just went right back to climbing up them. I'm like, good for you, dude. He's such a trooper he is and trooper. our dogs are saints. Oh, um, saints. Is that what you said? Or yeah, I like <laughs> the stuff that they endure having little ones in the home. I'm always like Nico, like, thank you for being such an awesome brother. Mm-hmm. And I love you so much. Seuss is like the, he's the older, he's what, he'll be eight in September. And so he is very good at communicating his boundaries. Does not want a whole lot to do with Theo, but he has been like giving him little like kisses occasionally on his terms. Simba on the other hand is like, do whatever you want. And if he gets uncomfortable, Simba will just like back off. But that child crawls all over him. I'll have to send you a picture was using him as a pillow the other day had his head rested. I'm like, And I go up to Simba. I'm like, I know that you are the crazy dog and you are wild and you give me like the most challenges. And you are also like the best dog, like the best big brother dog to this little boy. It's just, it's the cutest thing to watch them. So grateful. Um, And I'm so grateful, by the way, I had this conversation with Lauren Lee talking about living in the end. And you and I were connecting on like, where do we go from this? Cause you and I think very similar in the sense of, okay, let's gather the information, let's gather the resources. And then where do we go from here? And you came to me with these really great ideas and I'm so excited. Can you give people a little bit of a background? Because I think if you explain your background and what you do, it's every time I hear you talk about it, it just blows my mind even more. And I think that it's going to help people to understand a little bit about the direction of the conversation today. 
Yeah, definitely. So I love that conversation because I feel like it laid out like what it means to live in the and. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening to it, because I'm a board certified behavior analyst. So that's what I have my master's degree in is behavior analysis. That's what I've been doing for well over a decade of my life now. And so as a behavior analyst, I specialize in an area and continuing to grow my skill set in the area of acceptance and commitment therapy. And that focuses on accepting where you're at and using mindfulness to really show up in the present moment and to be present in your feelings and your experiences, but then to choose a direction where you're going. And it's a direction based on your values. And then from there, taking action. So that's what really inspired me with your guys' conversation is, okay, what does that look like? And I kept coming up with the term, which is also used in ACT, is psychological flexibility. Living in the and means creating more space for psychological flexibility. And that's inherently challenging for us when our you know, brains are developing. We have that reptile, reptilian part of our brain where biologically we want to be in a group. We want to be with like-minded people. We want to gravitate towards a strong side because that's for our survival instincts. So I think we all know people who are really passionate or strong headed, or, you know, we have lots of ways to describe people that feel like you just can't get through to them. Or we'll say things like, it's like talking to a wall. And it's just, when you look at it through the lens of biology, you can be a little more compassionate and extend that compassion towards them, knowing, you know, this is just the way their brain is. And how can we work together to create more psychological flexibility? You know, what does living in the and look like and feel like in our day-to-day life? Mm. Gosh, that's so good. And I even think of that. And I think that ourselves as individuals, like we can each think of something where we feel so strongly about it. Like you said, what are our values? Um, and I think when we think about our, our values, our ideas, like we can be very passionate about that. And I think that this is, this is something in general, I think would help in a plethora of ways in our society. But I even just, I think if you're look at every person who's listening to this right now, I think we all have opportunity in our relationships to strengthen those relationships, whether it's a relation, a romantic relationship, a platonic relationship, a work relationship. I think everyone can think of one person that they would like to have a better relationship with. And typically we don't, typically those challenges come from a disagreement or an inability to see things the way that they see them. And so I, I'm excited then to learn about this. So tell me more about when you were listening to this conversation, what was your thought after hearing it in relation to what you just talked about? Yeah. So I kept thinking about habits and Jen, I know you, I felt like a few weeks ago in an episode, you did like a private coaching session with us and talked about (laughs) how important like habits are. Mm -hmm. And that's really what kind of goes back to psychological flexibility. It's done in our day-to-day habits, but sometimes our habits can get rigid 
or we're going through the flow, or you kind of get stuck in a rut or Mm -hmm. you go on autopilot, you know, that we have all these ways to describe life and that actually inhibits our ability to practice psychological flexibility because we're just going through the motions. It's part of our protection, our comfort zone. We're all our DNA biologically designed to stay in that space. And so how do we open up our minds and create new pathways in our brain, which is really cool that psychological flexibility and the neuroplasticity and all the science that's coming around. It just goes to show that we are able to create different pathways in our brain through daily practices. And so I started thinking of all these examples that I could share with people and the little things that I do to help with psychological flexibility. Cause I love my routines and I love my like morning routine, my habits. I strive off of that. And I can also become rigid to a point where it can be detrimental to my mental health. And especially walking into motherhood, I really had to apply a lot of this to myself because all of a sudden, you know, my day was no longer the way that I anticipated things are not always going as expected Mm. and and that's life in general. There's lots of things that can kind of throw us off or, you know, kind of take us out and we start to feel symptoms of anxiety, Mm. you know, and other mental health things when we can't do our, our usual routine or the way we want to do things. So psychological, psychological flexibility will also help with all of those things. So I have little things I do that are going to sound a little, little out there. Um, and honestly, even a little childlike, like you're going to, if you in, start to practice these in your life, you're going to be like, mm, Amber, this little weird, little awkward. And I'm open to it because yeah. <laughs> it's help my psychological it. flexibility. Um, think about the to age, which totally makes sense. And the more I have conversations, I just got done with a conversation with Allison on our team. We were talking about child, you know, uh, behaviors and finding more joy and fun. And if you think about the time, like when you're a child, you, that is such a huge area of growth because you are open to different ways of thinking. And because you are trying things differently and you are creating new habits, Uh, And so much is just changing. So I think it totally makes sense. I will totally back you up on this. So I'll start to just run through some little things you can do. One of the ways is to start switching it up. So whatever dominant hand you're dominant with left or right, start switching it, brush your teeth with a different hand load the dishwasher in a different direction. I do this one quite often, Mm. brush your hair with a different hand, start being more mindful of everyday tasks that you do and start trying to do it with your other hand. This weekend, um, we were playing highlight in our backyard and I started switching my hands and playing with the opposite hand. That's hard. I don't know if anyone else plays highlight. I have no idea what highlight is. It's like those giant plastic scoopers with a wiffle ball. And you can oh. kind of swing it and catch it. I never even knew what that was called. Highlight. That's like you probably played in PE class as a child. Probably. Okay. So if you ever want to play highlight, come to our backyard. 
I feel like that's something that we need at our, I think it's in September. We're doing the play at the park. Bring your highlight. I'll bring highlight. Love it. Okay. So switch things up. Um, What are some like, what about, because you talked about habits and routines and maybe this is where you're going into. What's a way that people can switch up their habit and routines without totally throwing the routine off? Yes. Another thing is to change a route. So if you're going to a grocery store, drive there a different way, your favorite coffee shop, maybe even try a new coffee shop, look up a new women owned coffee shop, you know, find ways to create that psychological flexibility by doing little things that get you out of your comfort zone, but aren't a huge inconvenience, you know, and are not gonna, you know, have you spiraling, but are going to start creating space for that psychological flexibility and being able to do that through your habits. Hi, Theo. Look at you enjoying You're like, I heard that you were talking about doing things differently. And so I wanted to take some notes. Is that the truth? (laughs) Okay. So these are, okay. So talking about routines, I think that's super awesome. How about when it comes to, I think another way that I look at this is when we're looking at other people's perspectives and ideas, how does this correlate to that? Yeah, definitely. So I think when we're able to create more openness and psychological, psychological flexibility within ourselves, we're then able to extend that to other people and to have more compassion for people. And I know you and Lauren gave a few examples about this during conversation and how just using the word and, you know, that's an action you can take, start being more mindful of the language that you're using because language can, you know, be simple, but yet so powerful and completely change the narrative. And also within yourself, you know, start to really hone in and look at your own values. And, you know, what are things I really, you know, stand strong and hold, you know, really to heart where I can't let that go, you know, and how is that impacting my relationships? You talked about, I love the idea of maybe honing in on just one relationship. Mm. You know, what is it that is divisive there? What is it that is polarizing? And how can we use these practices and being more mindful of our language to find some common ground? I know even within our own home, there are times where my husband and I have completely different viewpoints on things and we're Mm -hmm. able to have really good conversations about it and see each other's side. I am an Enneagram nine. I am a Gemini and I am very reluctant to like, yes, I have strong values and I am always seeing everyone's side, like different points of view and sides. Like I have a very empathetic and compassionate heart. And so when he, you know, he's fired up about something, you know, I'll, and I'll be like, well, what if this happened to them? Or, you know, you don't know their story or what was their childhood like? (laughs) Like I, and like, I always have that. And, you know, where I'm able to think of a different viewpoint. Well, I think that's a really good point and something that I, I was listening. There are a couple things that I found, and that is one, when I feel inadequate in something, I feel, um, intimidated. I feel 
like my wall gets put up and the more I've done studies and just read articles on like the things that like we fear what we don't know. I think that's a line in Macklemore's song, actually. Um, yeah. we fear what we don't know. And there's this like sense of what's the word I'm trying to look for. It, it's like, it's like protection. It's that's that exactly biological it. response to like protect yes. self. Which totally makes sense. And I think when people can allow their guard to be put down and maybe this is me feeling like way too, we can all get along and be friends. But I think that, you know, a, a, a well-functioning society is not one where we all agree all the time and do the same thing. Like, I think a well-functioning society is being able to show up uniquely as you are with your ideas, your viewpoints, and also being open to hearing others' ideas and perspectives and in ways that maybe you wouldn't have thought of them. And one of those, you know, I found myself, I was reading an article on a subject matter that is very divisive right now. And I feel very strongly one-sided and I found myself reading an article so I could better understand it. And immediately I could tell it was coming from an opposing viewpoint than mine. And my gut reaction is typically to be like, well, I don't agree with this. I'm not going to read this perspective because it just fires me up. I'm like, you know what? It's important though, for me to be well-educated. And just because I don't agree with this doesn't mean that I can't read it. So I can better understand where this person's coming from. Why do they have those ideas? Um, I think that a well-functioning society is one who is is willing to learn and try to understand someone rather than seek to assume that they know the answers. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between like understanding and being forced to come like, come, um, that's what I'm looking for. Conform. Like, conform. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a difference between that. You know, I can understand your perspective and hold on to my beliefs and understand you and, you know, not feeling like I'm forced to change a belief. And so I think that is, it's healthy conflict and healthy disagreements. And I think that's kind of like what you're talking about as a society that we need more of. And so we can create that in our day-to-day life. And I think you brought up another good point because another area that you can do this in is watching different news. You know, or listening to different podcasts or reading different articles that maybe initially you wouldn't be drawn towards those, or you know that they oppose you, but be open to just Mm. hearing a different perspective. And I always break it down to the person too. Mm. I always like, there's a person behind these words. There's a human being, you know, there within that. And beyond that, that there's a soul. Mm. And when we're able to go deeper and like you mentioned earlier, getting vulnerable with people. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to have more in common than what we don't when we look at it as, you know, for humanity. And when we break it down to our core, you know, we all have these, you know, pure conscious, like peaceful, loving, wise, like radiant parts of us. And that's within all of us. And when the world has it manifest in different ways, we can lose sight of that. Yeah. So I think that's a part of it. The psychological flexibility too, and the openness is, you know, to thinking about 
things is in a different way and in yeah. a different light. Yeah. I think you bring up a really great point. I think this is something that, gosh, I mean, shoot, we could talk about for who knows how long, because I think it is one of the biggest issues that we run into is like, how do we get to the point of like, what is the end goal here? What is the end result as society? Um, and how do we work in alignment together? And that's right. That's something our politicians are even trying to figure out. I am curious then one major one. So we've kind of talked a little bit about routines. We've talked about relationships. Um, you know, I think we talked a little bit about leadership style too with Lauren. I'm interested then in our thought process. I think that you and I've had, this is probably one of the more deeper conversations that you and I have had. And that's come up more frequently is, you know, creating a thought process that allows a multitude of emotions or viewpoints on an experience or behavior to exist. And so how can we use these exercises to shape our thought processes and the ability to allow simultaneous and opposing um, emotions or viewpoints to exist at once? Yeah, I think that is creating habits that create space for that. So, you know, having affirmations, I love expos Mm -hmm. on my mirror, you know, that remind Mm -hmm. me like I am open, I can feel, you know, multiple things at once. And I think, I mean, I have had life experiences that had to teach me that, but Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, not. And perhaps all of us have, but sometimes we miss the messages, you right. know, sometimes we miss the lesson. <laughs> and so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, maybe, or I think, and, you know, knowing that, you know, you can always create space for this. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can always work on living in the, and I think journaling is a really powerful tool. You know, it starts to look like, where is this showing up? Where do I feel conflict? Where do I feel polarization? Where do I feel like? I have to like boldly pick a side and start to dive in. Do I need to? Yeah. You know, is it healthy to? Mm, yeah. 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 And start to look at that. And like, how can I show up in my day-to-day life and be open to both these things coexisting and accepting that? And that's yeah. where like the mindfulness practices come in. Mm-hmm you know, being able to accept where you're at in the present moment and to come back to that space over and over again and to live in it and it, and in its fullness. Like I loved when Lauren talked about how it allows you to show up in your wholeness because you don't have to pick a side of you. You don't have yeah. to be this or that or that or this or yeah. try to put on this hat here and this hat there. Like, I think we've all had experiences like this in life you know, on this Amber at work and this Amber at home. And that can start to feel really disaligned and challenging. And I think when you're able to start to show up as your authentic self, as the whole you in all these different places, you naturally are going to have more space for living in the and with yourself and other people. Mm. I think you brought up a really good point in saying too, because what I don't want people to think from this is that 
if you have two opposing ideas, statements, viewpoints, whatever that are existing simultaneously to just be complacent with being like, okay, well, this is how it is. Both these need to exist. Like if I'm in a relationship and I really love them and I'm really happy with them. And there are times where they really make me feel inadequate. They really make me question my safety, right? Like there are certain things where simultaneously existing. So like you said, identifying what are you not okay with? So I, you know, going back to your non-negotiables, like what am I, what am I definitely not okay with feeling? You know, it's different from being in a relationship where it's like, I really love you and you really challenge my patience. I'm willing to be in a relationship with someone who lifts me up that also challenges my patience and challenges, you know, my perspective. Um, I, I think that that's important to recognize too, is that when you're looking at simultaneous emotions that exist, identifying, you know, what are your non-negotiables with that? I think that was just something I wanted to make sure was expressed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you said it, um, in your episode two, where your health is a non-negotiable. Absolutely. Like that really stuck with me because yeah, you, you have to honor who you are and your value and you can create space for other people, but also recognize, you know, maybe they have a belief that is not healthy or they're creating an experience that is not healthy. And for whatever reason, they're not open to change in, you know, in their life right now. Yeah. Yeah. And in that sense, like I'm grateful for maybe the lessons that I've learned, or I'm thankful for, I've enjoyed some of the memories we've made and I am acknowledging that I know this no longer serves me. Right. And that can be a habit. That can be a relationship, you know, a job like, mm, yes. What's the things? Yeah. Okay. Did you have any other tips that we didn't get to, by the way? I just want to leave you with this. And I read this in the book called the practical, practical neuroscience of Buddha's brain, happiness, love, and wisdom. Like it is a book I cannot put down. And so if you want more in this area, I think that's a great resource, but in there, they said for, if the brain is the cause of suffering, it can also be its cure. Mm. I love that quote. I think our, our minds are our most powerful Mm -hmm. tool. Hmm. Do you agree? Theodore agrees too. <laughs> it is really empowering. Like neuroplasticity is empowering. I love, I told my class the other night, if I could go back to school and do anything, I want to be a neuroscientist or I just want to study like neurology. I think it's so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> you would love this book. Wait, um, I have that book. I tried to, I started reading it when I was, oh, Theo, I started reading that when I had Theo because my midwife recommended it. Oh, hi. So good. Okay, um, we will add that in the show notes for resources. I have, I think, we'll see if it's a fun game or not. Um, it's called Would You Rather, but it's the and edition, and it is either going to be fun. Or, and it's going to be very confusing, um, but do you want to try it? I am open. Okay. Also and a little worried. Yeah, me too. Um, recognize. I also made this when I was very sleep deprived. So 
Um, and this is my first time that I'm actually proofreading it, which probably is not like the most professional way to go about this, but it could also make it, and it could also make it fun. Uh, okay. First question, would you rather, so this will be phrased as like, you're doing something and something or something and something it'll make sense more. We go along, get one full month paid vacation a year and have to work one six day week a month. Did that sentence make sense? I pick one. No, <laughs> sorry. So, okay. So you get, so this is a depth. You get both of these Okay, one month paid vacation a year cool. and you have to work one um, six day week a month. So every month you're working one six day week or would you rather have a three-day weekend every week and only get one week paid vacation a year? I picked the first one because okay, I so one month paid vacation. Yeah, I would want a month off because that's like a month in Europe. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. I know that's where, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. But it made sense. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Got cool. It. Okay. We'll move on then. What you said, both of them. I was good. Okay, cool. Um, okay, would you rather? Hey, do we need to sit up? Did you want me to ask you the question? You don't work yet. You don't have a job. Um, eat one food the rest of your life, and it's your favorite, and but that's the only one you could eat the rest of your life, or eat your least favorite food every day and get to eat a variety of foods the rest of your life. Eat my least favorite food every day. Me too. Okay. Uh, meet your hero or your role model and get to hang out with them one time a month and have to do a summary of your findings with them or meet your hero and hang out once. No report. That question made no sense to me. Obviously no report. Okay. okay that the moment fully. <laughs> Just one time. No report. Uh, live the same day every day. And it's the best day ever. Or live life as it is and have a different day each day. Live life as it is. I like that. Me too. I uh, have an amazing voice and have to sing every time a song comes on or have the best dance moves and have to dance every time a song comes on. Dance moves. <laughs> Pretty much my life right now. <laughs> I agree. Okay. This might be kind of dark. Uh, be in jail five years and only to find out you're innocent once you get out. I mean, obviously you knew, but then they find out at the end or be in a coma for five years and wake up realizing you've committed a crime. Jail and innocence. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine how agonizing those five years would be? But also I, know, but I also think about like the growth I would have in jail and all the things <laughs> I'd be learning while I was in there. Like yes. I mean, that's, an, that's an experience within itself. Yes. And I would hold my integrity and in who I am as a person when they discover yes. my true Very and the book probably the best seller that you're coming out with at the end of that agree um always be chronically overdressed and have a stylist or always be chronically underdressed and be comfortable i feel like that the latter is my life yeah same (laughs) always underdressed but i go for comfort which I so I'm like, part of me is like, I would like to have a stylist though. Like not even, cause I think I kind of do put thought into my outfits and they don't, they're not like 
<laughs> most were just like, oh, you actually put thought into that. But to have someone who I don't even have to put thought into it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Be able to read minds when you want to and have everyone know what you're thinking about at all times. Or be able to read minds when you want to and everyone has access to your search history. The second one. Yeah. This is my search history. Yeah. Gosh, it make you so much more like, I guess, cautious. Uh, give up air conditioning and have chronic sweat disorder or give up heat and have poor circulation. I already have poor circulation. So I <laughs> like, I already know how to cope with that. Yeah. And you can always add more layers. Exactly. You know, assuming uh, live on an island and have to work a half day every day or live somewhere with four seasons and get a three-day weekend every weekend. I love four seasons. Yeah, me too. I feel like the island could be fun for a little while. And someone who's living on an island right now is like, this is the way to go, but I'm with you. Okay. I only have a few more. Is this kind of fun? Yeah. (laughs) Personal chef and you can't say no to what they make you or personal stylist. And you can't say no to what they dress you in. Personal stylist. Cause yeah. I love to cook and I do think it'd be fun to have a stylist. Like I really yeah. admire that in women. It's something yeah. that like when women put like, well put together and just have like basics and outfits that they just look that. good. I'm like, and you're a great cook. You don't need a cook. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <You're> great. <laughs> but like, I want to be like that. And I do try sometimes, but it's, yeah. it's a challenge for me. Okay. Meet your hero and you vomit on them. Or meet your hero and they vomit on you. They vomit on me. This is funny. The way that I phrased it, it says you vomit on them both times. So I guess I'm just like, I'm vomiting on them. They vomit on you though. Yes. Okay. Okay. Last one. Always have BO and never be able to smell it or never have BO and always smell it on other people. Never have BO and just smell it on others. Cause I guess there's a loophole here where it's not saying that everyone always has BO. It's just that you only smell it when exactly. people have BO, which is kind of how it is right now. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, on that note, my child smells like tuna fish and I can't figure out why I'm like, did you eat tuna fish? Like it's very interesting to me. So I think we're going to go meander this situation. Um, but I want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything else that you wanted people to know, um, or that we didn't get to cover? No, I think we're good. Cool. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm open to any questions, any email, hello at womenistcommunity.com our Instagram. Like I'm open to any Mm -hmm. questions or if you want additional resources. I think that's great. And as, and with anything, if they ever have any further yeah. questions, you know, we pr- try to provide in the show notes, the resources to which we'll have the book. Um, and then, uh, any basic information, but they can always email us. Yeah. To further elaborate on any information we've given. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you, Amber. It's always so nice to get to see you. Um, I hope your head heals. Thanks. <laughs> you say bye. Bye, Theo. Bye bye. <laughs> That's a great smile. <laughs> so handsome. One, two.
Hey, Womenists. Thanks for being a part of our community and listening to this episode of the Womenist Podcast. Here at Womenist, we are committed to growing and evolving as a community together. If you found this episode brought value to your life, share it with a Womenist who empowers you. And while you're at it, help other Womenists find this podcast by giving it a like, subscribing, and leaving a review. You can also find additional resources and opportunities to connect with Womenists by subscribing to our newsletter linked in the show notes, as well as on our Instagram, Womenists Community. Until next time, be good to yourself and be good to others. We'll see you at the next episode of the Womenists Podcast.